hello, and welcome to Easy Operations Episode 8. My name is Ron. I'm back from New York. I'm joined by the man that is helming the battleship today and putting this show together while James is on vacation. Mondo, how are you, buddy? Doing good, man. Welcome back. And you know what? Kudos to James on his well-earned vacation. Yeah, he's on vacation and will be joining us, I guess, maybe two episodes from now. So this plus the next one he'll be out for. So we wish him well on his vacation. So, uh, all right, well, let's get right into it. I was out for uh, work in New York last week, and uh, I was trying to catch a red-eye flight because I, my idea was I wanted to take this flight at night, arrive in New York at 8 a.m., and then just get right into going out and, and sightseeing and doing stuff before I had to go to work. And But the problem is is that this plan relies on you getting sleep in the airplane. And, uh, you know, that's not so easy because I'm really a light sleeper. And, uh, you know, there's noise is going off. People are coughing. People got to use the bathroom. And uh, it was tough, man. And, the, you know, the thing is, is that I, I don't really like to put my seat down. I believe in leading by example, Mondo. And no, you can put it down. You can put <laughs> no, it down. No, no. You know why, man? Because it ruins the leg space for the next person behind you. And if they're watching a movie, you've now ruined the viewing angle. And that happened to me once before. Like, I was watching a movie and I'm like, oh, he laid down. Guess I can't watch this movie anymore. It, the screen is pointing literally downward. <laughs> So, you know, I didn't want to do that, but that made it even harder to sleep. Uh, in any case, I got there in time, and I was able to visit the big Nintendo store in New York. And uh, this is in uh, Rockefeller Center. It's uh, the Nintendo World Store. It's a really cool store, man. If uh, anyone is a Nintendo fan, this is like heaven for you. Because any games that you want to see there, they're all there. They have all the old historical consoles, like a little museum section on the second floor. You can look at uh, portable consoles. They have even this uh, one burned up original Game Boy that still works. It was in uh, a war zone apparently. I, I got a photo of it. It's kind of kind of interesting. Um, but you know, one of the, the things that I picked up is a t-shirt and that's about m- most of the exclusive gear that you can get. It's not really heavy on, you can only get these things in the Nintendo store. Um, but I will say one of the cool things that they had was you know, you know there's a shortage of Nintendo Switches. Well, not oh, yeah. at the Nintendo store because they must have had like a good 30 consoles right behind the counter. <laughs> so, I guess no love for the West Coast. Though. Yeah, no love and anybody, just catch a flight to New York <laughs> if you want one, if you want to switch. There you go. That's where Nintendo's holding them. <laughs> Velocity, getting my ticket now. Oh, wait. wait, wait. <laughs> yeah, so um, but it was a cool store. They, you know, they. I was hoping they'd have like every single Amiibo out there but I didn't really see anything that I couldn't get at Best Buy or Target. So I was a little disappointed on that, but uh, I ended up picking up some playing cards because, you know, Nintendo originally started out as a playing card company, and it was a nice little throwback. They were Zelda-themed cards, so had a good time there. They had a Nintendo Switch on a big screen display in the back there and uh, I would highly recommend it. Nice. Uh, yeah. What were you able to play on the big screen? Anything new? Or They had a Mario Kart 8 and on not on the big screen but a, like a playable demo. They had that 1-2 uh, Switch game as well and some little handheld games. I believe it was Pokemon on the 3DS, but they didn't have the new 3DS just yet, but uh, definitely recommend that store. So, what about you, Mondo? What have you been up to? Uh, Not much. Just the issues with GameStop over here in uh, my neck of the woods. What happened? Uh, No, just an issue with the pre-ordering about getting a physical copy, digital copy, but we can touch that. We can touch base on that more a bit later in the show, because we 
we will discuss about well we'll have a discussion about Injustice 2 okay well we'll talk about the game uh, a little bit later but what happened with your uh, pre-order um, just kind of like uh, misdirection or uh, misinformation if you get the digital pre-order we're going to send you an email once the game is out the game has been out since what uh, midnight I guess you know or uh, Tuesday um, I did not receive such an email uh, I called my GameStop and they said nope you gotta come down and pick it up I was just like wait what? That's yeah. that's the worst thing ever. GameStop is the worst. <laughs> Who yeah, thought that I, was a good idea to go pick up a digital copy in person? That makes no sense. <laughs> it makes no sense. And after I was sold by one of the reps that hey, you know, we're we're doing something new where we're getting back, you know, we're touching base with the feedback and and I guess they haven't really listened because they're doing the same old stunts where they still want you to pick up a digital copy. <laughs> I'm not getting a physical copy. It's yeah. a code. Uh, so, needless to say, my Tuesday morning wasn't great. <laughs> um, that sucks. And and you know what? That's why I do not shop at GameStop. They probably want to upsell you on other things when you go in there. And you know, just between uh, very minimal discounts on the on the products, and particularly on used games, and and then not giving you much for trade-ins. I just I don't like to give them any business, but I get it. Sometimes there's exclusives there, and you got to deal with it. But it's like you're always reminded of why you don't go there, right? Yes, and yeah. you know what? Uh, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All right, well, uh, I got a chance to see a couple of movies here, and uh, you guys talked about it last week, and this was Guardians of the Galaxy 2. I got a chance to see this movie, and I mostly agreed with your impressions in that I really enjoyed this movie, Um, but one thing that you guys didn't point out was that uh, I do feel like the middle kind of slowed down a bit uh, with uh, the character of Ego, that section with him and Star-Lord. I really do feel like it was just a lot of exposition there. They were trying to really just catch up on the storyline and uh, I could have done with about half of that and uh, it did kind of slow down the movie a a bit for me Um, one other thing that I didn't like about this movie is that this is really a standalone story and one of the things that I've come to like about the Marvel movies nowadays is that they're always leading you to the next Marvel movie and they're laying the foundations for the next big storyline and the first movie was really heavy on that and it had some infinity gems and things like that and just none of that was referenced in this movie and uh, I was a bit disappointed by that and and, you know I guess if you're relatively new to the series or you haven't seen the other Marvel movies I get it that that's cool for you because you can just pick up with this movie right off of seeing Guardians 1 but to me it just was a wasted opportunity and I'm a little bit disappointed by that you know because they don't even like even the well, they, they they did reference one thing, and and James mentioned it. I'm not going to spoil it. This comes in at the afterwards, but just that all the way comes into the closing credits things. Yeah. Uh, I'm talking about kind of incorporating it into the storyline. So yeah, yeah dis- for those who haven't seen it, you know, just uh, do yourself a favor and just stay for the end credits because there's a lot of lot of uh, as I like to call them, like these Easter eggs. You'll be surprised. It's it's they're great. So yeah, stick yeah so those. stick around all the way till the end credits. And even the credits themselves are kind of entertaining because they're like dancing and stuff like that yep. uh, in the credits. So it's kind of a funny scene too. Not Drax. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> not, not Drax. 
Um, one other thing I wanted to point out, I thought that the character of Yondu was a really a nice turnaround. When I first saw him, I'm, I, I was a little bit unclear about who he was. I hadn't seen the first movie in a while. And uh, all of a sudden, I remember, I was like, oh yeah, he's the bad guy. Um, and really nice kind of way for the turnaround of the character and his little arc. I really enjoyed that and it made you care about the character. And uh, just a nice, nice kind of way to make you care about these characters. And uh, I was I was very much into that. So yeah, the character progression of of these movies from Guardians is really amazing. And yeah, like you said, it makes you want to care about them even more. Yeah. Um. One other movie. This is kind of the complete opposite of Galaxy. Was uh, a documentary called Thirteenth by Ava DuVernay. Uh, this is a movie on Netflix. Ava DuVernay is the director of the movie Selma. I want to read the description because this uh. This is a complicated movie here in a way. It's an in-depth look at the prison system in the United States and how it reveals the nation's history of racial inequality. And one of the things that this movie points out is that there's a bit of a loophole in the 13th Amendment. I believe that was the one that uh, bars slavery. Um, that this movie takes the position that because of this little loophole, that this kind of led to uh, massive incarceration numbers for uh, a lot of minorities over the years. And it's just a really interesting take on, you know, how the prison population has just ballooned over the last 40 years or so. And uh, it's just a problem that uh, is not getting any better. And so, you know, it's a very heavy topic and you obviously you have to be in the right mindset to do it. But... Uh, I would recommend it. Uh, Mondo, any interest in this movie? Um, yeah, I have a criminal justice background. So yeah, I will be interested in this. And you said it's also um, a movie on Netflix. So yeah, you know what? I will go ahead and devote some time to this documentary, maybe at work. <laughs> and uh, I will give this a look. All right. Uh, and then my last movie that I saw was uh, something that we mentioned a few episodes ago. And this was the fate of the furious. <laughs> yes, we know you're not a fan. I think, I, think we're, I think we're done with this, right? <laughs> show's over, everybody. Yeah, show's uh, over. <laughs> no, but uh, I saw this last weekend, and I was excited about it. I was waiting to watch it with a friend of mine. A bit of a background on it. I had uh, a couple of uh, adult beverages before this movie. And ah. at the same time, uh, I wanted to have a good time. It was a Friday. And I saw a 10 p.m. screening. So when you put these two together... It was a recipe for me to fall asleep. Yep. And, and oh, I thought it was going to be called for a hell of a time. Like no, no, not a, no. I wish it was. <laughs> and so I basically missed the the final third of this movie. Now I've since then read up on it. I listened to podcasts. My friend was trying to nudge me and like, hey, come on, wake up, dude. And uh, <laughs> and so I now know what it was about. But you know, ultimately, I was kind of disappointed by this movie. Um. You know, I really feel like it missed the presence of Paul Walker um, and his wife, played by Jordana Brewster. Um, I feel like it didn't really add any new characters that were of consequence. It has this one agent. Um, what's his name? Agent Smith. His name, uh, Little Nobody. And that about <laughs> sums up what I think of this character. He's a little nobody because all he did was just kind of like say awkward things in the movie and really never added anything to it. And he's he's supposed to be a big character that I I guess they're gonna be moving on into the other episodes. But and that's how you introduce him. It was just it was terrible. Character. Yeah, it was terrible. And even the characters in the movie made fun of him. But like, just he it just ruined all the scenes that he was in. 
So I, I didn't like him. And, and one problem that I feel like the series has been having since maybe six onward is that it feels the need to top itself every time. And, you know, this is not much of a spoiler, but it is it has a submarine and just it's going more over the top to the point where these guys are no longer street racers that are trying to you know survive on the streets and they're 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 a crew it's now these guys are basically James Bond type agents and uh you know it's just it's starting to kind of wear thin on me um it's a phase man you know you're a teenager you know in your mid-30s like they were you know trying to be cool trying to race cars and all of a sudden you know now they're uh like you said they're james bond characters they're doing (laughs) the impossible yeah yeah they're they're probably older than their mid-30s that's the thing (laughs) (laughs) so you know uh we'll see i i do feel like this series needs to kind of scale back a bit and go back to what made it good keep the story smaller for me the series reached its all-time high at number five um, which was basically a heist movie, and it was a very self-contained story in, in, in that respect of what the objective was. So, um, you know, I I wasn't too f- into this. I'm still going to watch these movies, but I, I hope it kind of finds a way to pick this up again. And if you guys want me to see these movies with you, you're going to have to buy me a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. We may get you in here next time just to kind of get your impressions as a, like someone who isn't familiar with the series it might be interesting to get your perspective on it. <laughs> snooze. I'll be snoozing. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll be the one falling asleep. Give me, some of, the, give me some of those drinks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, on to TV shows. Uh, what have you been watching for TV shows, Mondo? Uh, lately, I've been watching a lot of reruns of this show uh, called Forensic Files. And it's a uh, documentary-style series. And basically, it shows how forensic science is used to solve these violent crimes and it ranges from violence mystery crimes outbreaks or illness and it's really amazing um, those if uh, if you're really interested in watching these type of shows I, I do have to warn you though it is very graphic in nature no, sometimes. I, that, then I don't want to watch it <laughs> that's <laughs> because, too much for me uh, uh, I, but there's a lot of good storytelling and the reenactments uh, I really like how they use the forensic science to kind of uh, again solve these violent crimes because so, you know what guys crime does not pay sometimes and sooner or later you're gonna get caught <laughs> well what's the difference between this and uh, CSI basically they focus more on the um, actual crimes itself uh, you don't go into the background or the you know the lives of the you know quote-unquote detectives so it's basically focused on what transpired and it focuses more on the victims and uh, you know, like the aftermath and how okay. so, uh, it's very, very humanizing. In, in yeah. my, in I, my I don't know if this is for me. I'm more of a not so much about the how they're solving the case, but I'm kind of the lives of the uh, detectives. And like, I'm a big fan of The Wire, and I just kind of like that. That was like trying to capture the feel of Baltimore and and how crime was happening and and what it was like to be a police officer in that time and stuff like that. So. That's more what I'm into, but uh, you know, if you're enjoying it, go for it. Uh, all right. As for me, I was watching Master of None on Netflix. Uh, season two was just put up. This stars Aziz Ansari. Um, you may recognize him. He either does stand-up comedy or he was on the show Parks and Recreation. Uh, I'm a big fan of this show. This is a comedy show that is in half-hour uh, episodes, so you can really breeze through the episodes fairly quickly. And I've liked this show since the beginning. Um, one of the things that I really like about it was that 
not only is I like his sense of humor, he's really witty, he's smart, but it kind of has takes on certain subjects like dating and it talks about what it's like and, and, and I feel like those takes are really spot on. Like there was one that he did on his parents uh, being immigrants into this country and kind of comparing what their childhood was like as a kid. Uh, so his father was from India and what he had to deal with growing up in India versus what Aziz had to grow up with being in the U.S. as a first generation uh, you know, person. So it's really spot on on these things and they, they talk about dating, religion, all in a kind of a fun way but really smart takes and I just I cannot recommend this series any more highly. Uh, so yeah, that's just that's what I think. And what about you, Mondo? Have you seen uh, Master of None Season 2? Or any of the seasons, I guess? I was not aware that this was an actual thing. <laughs> <laughs> wow, so you missed out on the first kind of season of this then, I guess. Yeah, uh, how many episodes does uh, each season have? Or Oh, uh, you know, that's a good question. I want to say, like, you know, maybe 10, 13 episodes. That's usually how it goes for Netflix things. Uh, so it's not if too it's many. If it's like that, I can go ahead and binge that this week. Yeah, so you know, give it a shot. Um, I would recommend it. I really like the show a lot, and uh, you know, they got rid of the star ratings on Netflix, but I would have given this five stars. Now they just you see there a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So um, yeah, all right. Well, sounds good. We're trying something new uh, in this episode for for those of you that don't listen to video game talk. Uh, we felt like we would get the news discussion up front here as it pertains to entertainment. And then, if you want to tune out, that's fine, no problem. And then we'll just talk about video games on the second half of the show. So, in TV news, there was the X-Men spinoff TV series called The Gifted. The trailer was announced for this show recently, and uh, we got a chance to watch it. We sure did. Uh, let me just double check when this show is supposed to come out. It does not say when it's coming, but Brian Singer is directing the show, and it's written by... By, uh, Matt Nix of Burn Notice. I don't know if uh, Brian Singer is going to direct every single episode, but he might do a couple of them. Um, okay, I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't recognize some of the characters that were shown in this. It's basically some kids um, are mutants and their parents are trying to help them out and trying to get them to safety because, you know, people are coming after them. I saw this one, I'm not going to take credit for it, but I saw this one article on a website and I forget it, but they said that this is basically Heroes, right? Did you watch Heroes, Mondo? No, I did not watch Heroes. Oh, okay. When I was, but I will say this, I was watching the trailer, again, two mutants, it's a brother and a sister, discovering their newfound powers. Uh, it's interesting, but at the same time, um, it's a new set of characters. And it's supposed to revolve around, you know, Brian Singer's X-Men universe. So I want to see how that correlates to the actual movies. Are we going to see, you know, potential, you know, uh, characters that we've seen in the past, maybe a Cyclops or a younger Cyclops or a young Jean Grey or maybe a Professor Xavier. So it's going to take a lot for me to get into this show because, again, two original characters in my eyes. There's going to have to be a lot of character development and a lot of uh, good storytelling for me to get hooked. Yeah, this article goes on to point out that it mentions uh, characters called Blink and Polaris. Uh, Polaris, okay. I believe, is Magneto's daughter, and Blink is yep. from the alternate universe of X-Men, am I right? That is correct. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see. Uh, Blink was in Days of Future Past as well, if, right? Uh, that is correct. She yeah. was uh, doing the uh, mini teleportation. Yeah, that was, that was a good movie. <laughs> that was pretty fun. X-Men Apocalypse, not so much. <laughs> uh, no, not All right. Well, I'm going to give this show a chance. Um, it, it will debut on Fox, so that will go nicely on my Hulu subscription there. 
All right, another Netflix show. Uh, this is Glow that starts on June 23rd. Glow stands for the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Uh, this was inspired by a TV show from the 1980s. And I'm going to read the description here. It follows uh, Ruth Wilder, played by uh, Brie Allison, an out-of-work struggling actress in 1980s Los Angeles who finds one last chance for stardom when she's thrust into the glitter and spandex world of women's wrestling. Uh, this, this show looks cool. Um, for those of you that don't know, I did a little bit of research on Glow. Uh, this was a wrestling TV show that the women in the show weren't actually wrestlers. They were trained to be wrestlers for a couple of weeks, and they were then they were actresses, and they just it had seasons, and people would be written off the show and and things like that. And uh, in a way, it was sort of the predecessor of uh, Lucha Underground, and, and, and it, you know all. Although they're real wrestlers, but in the sense that it's filmed as a TV show. So, Mondo, what did you think of this trailer? Uh, I loved it. It has a uh, lot of sense of humor. Uh, there's uh, this aspect that you're going to get to know these characters in a much deeper level. There's going to be these connections, maybe these backstabbings going on, which in real life it does happen in you know in professional wrestling because I am a huge. <laughs> wrestling fan and as a uh, you know uh, just want to throw it out there I will be going to PWG this Friday so no, I'm, I'm excited jealous. I'm jealous <laughs> I may have to get a picture with the Young Bucks um, but yeah you know seeing this trailer to me it brings back the glory days of like the 70s and 80s of women wrestling which you don't hear a lot of but it was like a tougher task for them to get you know uh, noticed by their male you know counterparts because you have like such greats like the Fabulous Moolah uh I remember still like in the late 80s, early 90s, like Luna Vachon, she was the Mohawk, you know, girl that was kind of like deranged and crazy. Um, so they have these eccentric characters. And in the show, you can see some of those people are kind of like, hey, um, they're they're pretty much out there and they're putting themselves like, hey, you know what? In order for me to get recognized, I got to go a little bit, you know, quote unquote crazy. I got to put myself out there. And, and I like that aspect. It's like you're seeing a different side of wrestling through these through the eyes of these women and and I'm really excited. I think it's going to be a great show. Me too. This has everything that I want. It's the 1980s. It's Los Angeles. It's wrestling. It's women. What more can you ask for? Uh, I remember watching this show as a kid. Do you have any nostalgia for this show? Uh, I'm not saying I watched every episode, but I just kind of remember it being on TV back when I was a kid and uh, I was just like, what is this? It was kind of interesting. Uh, do you remember the show, Mondo? Which show was that? The actual Glow TV show. Uh, I may have seen it once or twice. Mm. Uh, I would always watch, <laughs> I'll be honest, I would always watch like the big company names like, uh, you know, uh, what was it, WWF at the time or WCW, yeah. uh, World Championship Wrestling. So I, I may have skimmed through it. Uh, honestly, my memory is as bad as a, as, a, as a kid and as an adult now. I'm pretty sure I saw some of that. And that's why I can remember, like, you know, certain female wrestlers. But if the nostalgia factor is there for you, man, then that is great. Because, you know what, if they can capture that, then they're doing a very good job. And it shows that they're doing their research, too. Yeah, so uh, I'm all in on this show. Again, it's on June 23rd on Netflix. So, well, that's going to do it for the TV and entertainment segment. Uh, now let's get into some games. Um, for me, I was able to finish Doom. And I know I talked about it earlier in the segment, but... You know, it's nice to be able to finish games. This is a game I basically had tried to start up since 2016, and I finally got around to passing it. Um, I might have put this game on easy mode, uh, hence easy operations. We always like to reference that. Um, and I loved it. I just thought it was so many callbacks to the, all the other Doom games, 
and uh, just great ending. Uh, just love the way this game was, and I couldn't recommend it any highly. If if it's probably real cheap by now, so if you happen to be uh, looking for a, a game, I would recommend it. Um, the soundtrack is amazing. The great soundtrack too. But I will say though, sometimes it was almost a little too metal in that it kind of stressed me out, if that makes any sense. It was like, it never let up and it never gave me yeah. a chance to breathe. It was just like, duh, 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 you know? Uh, but, you know, since I finished Doom, I was like, well, what am I going to do next for games? And I started to look around. I, I mentioned I have this kind of pile of shame. Yeah, the, the pile of shame <laughs> of... of Stuff that's on my hard drive that I wanted to pass. So I was like, all right, let me get back into Dragon Age Inquisition. Mondo, how old is this game? Uh, 2015 oh, or 2016? This has got to be 2015, 20, right? 2015. It was kind of one of those uh, early pre-launch games, uh, like as soon as the Xbox yeah. showed up. Um, I actually picked up the Deluxe Edition, and I still haven't passed it. Yeah. Any luck on your end? <laughs> Well, look, here's the thing, and, and this is something that I don't think games do a good job of doing, which is... If you haven't played it for a while, there's not something that kind of knows that you haven't played it for a while and kind of reorients you or anything like that. And it's just like I had a hard time getting back in. And, you know, one of the problems that I had was um, I didn't know how to read the map, you know. And, yeah. and this, I you know, I feel dumb being honest with you because this is now the second time I, I mentioned this in the Prey demo that I didn't know where to go. So, like... All I wanted to do was go through the main storyline. I just wanted to blow through this. I set the game on casual, and I just wanted to blow. I wanted to see the storyline. I wanted to enjoy the characters. And number one, I didn't know what the how to identify what the main quest was. I didn't know where to fast travel to it. It wasn't clear on... I saw a bunch of side quests that I had unlocked, and I just got frustrated. I'm like, you know what? I got other games to play, and I just got frustrated with it, dude. And I, I probably tried it twice in two sessions and I couldn't figure it out man what was I doing wrong here Mondo basically it took me a while because um, there's a plethora of maps that you can you know kind of go sightseeing so to speak um, yeah their world of uh, besides Ferelden I think it's Orle that's what they call one of the uh, side of the maps or a different country so you, what you would have to do is go to the main menu and that's where it gives you like this little uh, drop down menu on current quests your side quests your you know like a bevy of options of okay. what you're trying to do in the game I would stick to the ones that progress the story because there's a, a, there's one that'll just say you know main mission or I believe it's story missions and mm -hmm. just kind of focus on those because it does get overwhelming when you go through the map and then somebody's asking you to do this quick side quest and it just takes away from your time because I found myself literally stuck in one part of this map and the game is really huge but I was just stuck in one part of the map running around for about 30 plus hours <laughs> doing side quests helping out everything else and I didn't realize all I had to do was go back to the beginning of the game which is this stronghold and I believe it was uh, holding off uh, the main uh, the main antagonist I guess in the game yeah, and you progress your story. It took me thirty hours to figure that out because I wasn't using any guides or anything. And my mistake, I I, I should have just put it on easy because this thing is pretty tough, even on normal. Yeah, and I was just like, wow. I kind of like my head was just telling me like, wow, you should either one stop playing these type of games altogether, or two, you know what? It doesn't hurt to go online and kind of ask for help. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because 
you're going to need a lot of help in this game because it's just uh, I understand where you're coming from it doesn't really tell you where you need to go sometimes and the map I, I gotta tell you hopefully if uh, maybe somebody from EA is listening <laughs> uh, your maps for this particular game horrible yeah horrible yeah, yeah. The waypoints that you want to set up and go to, like say you're on the map and you're like, hey, I want to get to this part of the map. You're pretty much tasked with trying to figure out like, oh, how do I get there in the first place? Mm-hmm. Am I reading the map you know, correctly? What? It was just so frustrating. Yeah, I, I literally was so upset that I deleted the game. So, oh, man. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't, my save is still there if I want to go back to it, but... So I was upset, and then I popped in Far Cry 4. Again, this is another game. (laughs) You know, I put off a lot of stuff when I was playing Destiny. It was in the heat of the moment, and it was Far Cry 4. I had a little bit better luck with it, but a similar situation, which was I didn't know where the main quest was. And, uh, you know, because there's two different factions in this game, and I was like, which is the main quest line, which is side quest? It wasn't really clear on that. Um, I tried messing around with it for a while. I was reminded that I kind of liked some aspects of it, but it's just a really big map, and I just wasn't sure where to go. I might give that one other, another chance, but I was able to play for a little bit, and I did um, have a good time. But like, you know, I I, I must be spoiled because I, I come from you know a time when you didn't have any objectives. And you had to get by the game pro at the market, you know, and, and see the maps there or, you know, trial and error. But, you know, we live in a modern time where I feel like the expectations are different. And I love games like Fable or Bioshock that, like, have the pointer that's always there or draws the line on the ground or, you know, Dead Space 3 was really good at that. And some people complain at that. It's like, hey, you don't like it? You don't have to use it. You could turn it off. Yeah. But at least leave it there for the people that, that just want to see where the main objective is because it, what I liked about those in, in Bioshock was, like, the arrow is always pointing where you need to go. So if I go somewhere else, I know I'm exploring something different. And it's just, it. yeah. So just, just kind of two false starts here. Uh, <laughs> and I don't know if I'm going to continue with either of these, to be honest with you. So... I'm going to talk about more on this later, but I actually turned on my PS4, and another game that I had on my hard drive was The Order 1884, and uh, this is just a little preview for next time. I'm I'm digging it so far, but I'm so early on that I don't want to really give too many impressions of it, but that might be what I kind of take on for now, so um, more on that next week. Um, yeah. What about you, Mondo? What were you, uh, what were you playing this week? Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the beginning of the, uh, the show here, uh, I wanted to get you know, and give out my first impressions of Injustice 2 for the Xbox One. But, you know, with the whole mishap of the pre-order, kind of went back to my Injustice 2 mobile. So on my Android, I was able to play the Injustice 2. Similarities are there. The graphics are a bit, you know, kind of, uh, I want to say like dumbed down because, I mean, it is on a phone. So you're not going to get the same amazing... uh, high-def graphics that you would get on your home console but it does have you know what it is a free-to-play game um, it's very easy to get into for me uh, basically these fighting games uh, on a mobile device basically you either tap for a punch or kick depending on the character that you choose if you swipe forward it's going to lunge you with a uh, jumping punch or a jumping kick again it all depends on your character or if you swipe back you'll create distance um, also if you swipe back and tap again you can throw a projectile, but that's only if you're retreating. You can't really do it when you're going forward, or I haven't really experimented on doing that when I'm going forward. So yeah, and it has a pretty simple basic combo system. You just tap, tap, swipe forward, tap, tap, or you know, 
slide your finger down. Again, depending on the characters, you kind of get like a, you get a feel for them, so to speak. And there are plenty modes plenty because you have a campaign, uh, you have arena, which is a weekly event. Uh, that's where you kind of uh, go in and try to rank up your status in the arena and you'll get rewarded every week. Uh, there's also operations where you can send out your characters for a uh, certain amount of time. Uh, as long as you progress your, your campaign or you level up your player profile, um, you'll unlock more operations, so to speak. All right, well, let me ask you this. This is the number one question with any of these mobile games is, especially the free-to-play ones, which is, how, how long is it until you start to have to pay for the game or you realize that you can't really go any further without paying? Because I actually downloaded that little Bejeweled game that uh, was WWE-themed. Uh, nice. <laughs> and uh, I got to a point where I literally can't unlock any more characters unless I pay out of pocket for stuff because it's just you're not making the type of credits that are needed in any type of a reasonable... I would have to play you know, every single day of my life to unlock other characters. So, like... How does it work for, for getting money out of you? Okay, so basically um, types of modes is objectives and they have daily objectives. So, I mean, you can do this within, I would say, 15, 20 minutes tops. And it does a nice job of rewarding you with uh, gold so you can upgrade uh, certain characters. But also on the other end, you have these achievements. Now, the achievements, again, early on, I noticed that they do reward you in kind where if you do certain uh, things, like if you go to the arena, uh, you'll play at least... I believe it was 10 times, you'll get uh, 50 purple shards. Now, in order for you to get new characters, you're going to need at least 150 shards. So I was like, hey, there you go. That's a third of the way there. I like that. And you can get more of those shards by doing that on a daily basis. But it does tend to get a little tedious and a little bit harder. Although it is, on, and I'm going to say that again, it is free to play. It's very lenient and very kind in rewarding characters or, uh, I'm sorry, rewarding the player with those purple, shard, purple shards so you can <laughs> unlock more characters and right now I have at least uh, t 10 characters and I haven't done a micro transaction yet and I don't plan on doing that anytime soon uh, because again I've been playing this for about I would say maybe a whole week and I'm still digging it and the great part is guys if you have it on your mobile phone if you're able to unlock challenges when you rank up your player profile to I believe it's level 10 or 11 you unlock challenge mode now in challenge mode if you can unlock the set pieces of a certain character all five there is a possibility and you can transfer those uh unlocks into your console system now don't quote me on that because i still want to you know dabble around with the injustice mobile and then hopefully by the end of uh this podcast i'll jump on the console version and give you guys a quick review of injustice 2 for the xbox one yeah, uh, you know, James asked me earlier today if I was going to pick this up, and I told him no because I don't like what they're doing with pricing. Um, so for those of you who aren't familiar with it, normally a game costs 60 bucks, and if you pre-order, you will get Darkseid, um, who's a big character in the DC Universe, as the pre-order bonus. But if you don't pre-order him, you can't get it. And, you know, next up is the uh, digital deluxe edition that's 80 bucks. It gives you three downloadable characters and some other little skins and this and that. Then you go to the $100 edition that gives you nine downloadable characters. Which I bought. You did. No, well, no, no shame in that. You are part of the problem, <laughs> sir. That's... <laughs> 
you no, you're, you're part, part of the, the problem. problem. You're part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, what I'm going to do, and this is what I told him, is look, if you don't need to be on the cutting edge of this and you don't mind waiting, you know, a year from now, they're going to release the Game of the Year edition. And for 60 bucks, I'm going to get all this. And if you wanted to wait even further, like I did for Mortal Kombat XL, I paid 20 bucks for that. And I got every single thing that they have available for it. So, you know, I don't need to be on that online scene and playing against other people. I honestly, I just want to play the campaign. I want to see the characters. I want to see the moves. So, you know, I'll probably wait on this, but if I start hearing good buzz, maybe, but I don't know. It's just, the, yeah. The good buzz about this is that they have, like, this um, mode called Multiverse, and that's where you um, do the, again, it's like these challenges where they have, like, these uh, uh, enhancements or, like, these uh, handicaps against the player, and you unlock uh, armor pieces, and you can kind of customize the character to your playing style, and if you get, like, again, if you get the whole set, I believe it's like five pieces again magic number here guys is five once you get that it unlocks like a special ability or a special you know uh something special for that character so uh i can't wait to get into that i think that's going to be the biggest selling point for me is just kind of like uh dabbing around the multiverse because i know All if right. i go online I'm, I'm gonna lose <laughs> yeah well look we'll get into it more next week when you give us some more detailed reviews uh special thanks to gamestop for ruining the coverage of episode eight here. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, all right. Well, on to game news. Uh, today was announced that uh, Hitman developer IO Interactive was dropped by Square Enix. So these are the creators of Hitman, and they're they're gonna have to find some company to pick them up. Um, I like the Hitman games. I never picked up the last one. I wanted to, but I just couldn't get around to it. And uh, you know, they're a good developer. They even made the the Hitman uh, Go, the mobile game. Uh, you know, it's it's just a shame when when these good teams get dropped. You know, and I don't know what's going on with Square Enix, but you know, Amanda, were you a fan of this uh, series? Yeah, man. Uh, I have to go back to my uh, high school days. Uh, I had a good friend. Uh or, you know, not had, but I still have a good friend. Uh, his name is Rafi, and he loved the Hitman series. I mean, he would pick them up on his PC. I would watch him play, and I would try to, you know, play on his PC as well. It, it was always fun, and I believe the uh, latest installment, like, they kind of rehashed the whole series. It was fun. I, I enjoyed it. And it's it's a shame to see that they're being dropped by Square Enix. So some I hope somebody just picks them up really quick because Hitman is an amazing series. Yeah, you know, and I don't know what's going to happen to the coverage of the game because, uh, you know, the, they were releasing seasons to that new Hitman game and doing little challenges here and there. So who knows what's going to happen with that. But uh, all right, on to, the, on to the next piece of news. Uh, Dynasty Warriors. Yes, what, sir. Is, yes, sir. what is this? Who put this on here? I did. <laughs> you you got to, you know, it's the mind-numbing hack and slash games but this time dynasty warriors and it's been announced that it's going to be an open world now that has me excited usually you're just playing on a you know set map point a to point b and that that was pretty much it you just hack your way in and you know you move the story along now i'm really excited because in dynasty warriors it follows the three kingdoms uh, i believe it was in china hopefully i'm getting my uh, asian continents correct uh or countries i'm sorry uh correct and this is going to be fun for me, or and I'm really excited because it's going to be an open world. Hopefully, it'll it'll bring more fans or old and new. I don't know if series. it's going to bring new fans to it. That that series is what it is, dude. <laughs> <laughs> 
great? <laughs> great, I guess. <laughs> All right, but enough about Dynasty Warriors. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm not going to pick that up, uh, but I'm glad you like it, and I hope it turns out well for you. Uh, there was a big uh, Ubisoft uh, kind of a discussion or conference call, and they announced a couple of games here. And the, one of the big ones was uh, Far Cry 5 was confirmed to be in development and scheduled to be released before April 2018. Uh, well, I just talked about Far Cry 4. I played number two a little bit. That was a rental. I didn't like some of the systems, but I appreciate what they were doing. I love number three, and I got mixed feelings about number four, but... I will be interested in number five. Uh, Mondo, did you ever pass uh, Far Cry 4? I don't know if you mentioned that when we were talking about the game earlier. No, I had similar issues uh, okay. when I was playing Far Cry 3 about saving Far Cry mm-hmm. 4. Sometimes it was the same thing. Uh, the game would kind of uh, get stuck on me. Yeah. Um, and I was just like, man, I'm just having bad luck with this Far Cry series. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they didn't announce where the location of this, but these always tend to be in like outdoor locations. So we'll see. Uh, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. Um, in other, the other titles that were going to be announced was a new Assassin's Creed game. Uh, this one is rumored to take place in ancient Egypt. Mondo, you, I hear that you're not a fan, or what? Um, I'm not. I'm a fan, but I'm not really a hardcore fan. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm just gonna wait. Uh, kind of like you with the fighting games. I'm just gonna wait and. Yeah see how this game uh, gets its reviews and if anyone is really talking about it. And I'll pick it up. Usually I, I really wait a while by that game itself. I, I'm not usually a, a day one person for these well, type of games. I am a huge fan of these games. I played all of them except the side-scrolling ones. And uh, they took a year off to apparently you know focus on making this one really good. And if it takes place in Egypt, that's an automatic purchase for me. So we'll see if the rumors are true. Probably find out at E3 in, in about a month or so. Uh, the other game was uh, South Park Fractured but whole. That's an automatic <laughs> pickup for me as well. I know we all love that series. Yep. And then the crew two. Uh, funny story about the crew one. That was one of the free giveaways on Xbox Live with Gold, and they have the tutorial where it uh, you know wants to teach you the ropes you- of this game, and and you just got to win one race, Mondo, before you could even continue on further. And oh. boy, oh boy, did I have trouble. And I couldn't pass the damn tutorial race. And I and was I getting so mad. Yes. I know why. Yes. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, if uh, you have a Microsoft Elite controller for the Xbox, there's a little uh, button you can switch to make you have like a half above button press. The idea is that you can do more rapid gunshots in shooting games. But I forgot that I had that on, and apparently it was as if I was giving the car half gas. So that's why I had the slowest car, no matter what I did, because I was only giving it half gas. There you go. See, but, it's um, not the game's fault this time around. It's not the game's fault, but, you know, ultimately this isn't as good as, like, a Far, uh, far Cry Horizon. Uh, a Horizon... Uh, you know, Forza like the Horizon. Yeah. Forza Horizon. And uh, I would much rather play that game, but... You know, we'll see. Uh, you know what what the specifics are on that game when it's announced. Uh, did you play much of the Crew Part One? No, I totally skipped on it. I mean, I have it downloaded into my hard drive. Um, you know, I, I just from what I heard from friends and reviews that it wasn't great, and it was just trying to do a lot, and it didn't get anywhere. So I was just like, you know what? Then it's it's a game that I don't really have to force myself to play. So I just said, you know what? I'm a I'm going to call a spade a spade. I'm going to take the word of mouth this time around, and I just skipped it. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. 
Well, that's about going to do it for us. Give you a little advance preview for next week. Uh, James will still be out. He'll be on vacation. So we're going to have a special guest, Rooney, frequent listener of the show. Uh, and he, we're going to talk about Destiny 2 in about a couple of days, Mondo. I cannot wait. They're going to do a full reveal on Twitch. And Game there will be a lot to talk about. Uh, I wish James was here because you know he he kind of you know left off on Destiny One. I want to hear his impressions, but I'm sure he'll be watching the stream or seeing some of the news stories, and, and we could talk about it a little bit more later. So uh, very Thanks. excited about that, Mondo. Can you wait? Can you wait or what? Like what? Ooh, I don't know, man. I, I don't. <laughs> Gameplay reveal this Thursday, nine forty-five uh, Pacific Standard Time. <laughs> yep. So uh, I am overly excited. I want to see a lot of things, but we're going to hold that for next week. Yeah. See, All right. I'm getting started here. Sounds <laughs> good. I know. You're ready to get into it. Sounds good. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for liking the show and liking our Facebook page. Um, please give us a review on iTunes or the Google Play Store. It really helps. Um, and if you want to give us some show feedback, we actually got one show feedback that we were trying to incorporate in uh, this week, and it was about... Uh, us learning the damn names of the movies we recommend so it's, it's an important thing to have and so I'm oh, glad yeah. we did it <laughs> there you go so uh, and you can send that feedback to easyoperationsqa at gmail.com alright until next week Mondo thank you for coming on to the show